Why would our next guest know about Dunkin' Donuts in Boca Raton, Florida? Well, Good morning to Jamie no. Baker. Well, because his daughter played at Vermont, and of course he went well, to that's, but that's not St. Lawrence. No, but he went to St. Lawrence, but he knows the influence of Dunkin' Donuts in the Northeast, right, Bakes? I do. I do. <laughs> Are there any in San Jose? <laughs> uh, none that I'm aware of. Okay. No. okay. Bet yeah. you didn't Starbucks, think... Starbucks quite prevalent out there. That's true, out. yeah. Bet you didn't think that this appearance would start with a Dunkin' Donuts re- uh, <laughs> reference, did you? Well, better than starting off with the PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to ease into it, mate. <laughs> should 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 we save that for question two, or do you want to start there? It's it's up to you guys. Okay. The floor is yours. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Matt, does it, it? It just feels like the team as as and just to think about it, Bakes. One week ago, at this very moment. They were just heading out on the road, and there was a game against Chicago, and everybody was feeling so great. And it's amazing, isn't it, how much things can change in seven days? It's crazy, isn't it? And it's the highs and lows of a, of a marathon season. That's really what it is. It's, it's hard to think that their play, which was so good, was going to be sustainable. I mean, the only team that has really had that type of consistency all year is Boston. Every team has their ups and downs and, you know, there's volatility in the season and you can lose not just momentum, but even just a little bit of confidence. Maybe you're not getting the the breaks, Um, just little, there could be little systematic errors in the game, nothing huge, but it's such a fine line to, to win versus losing at the NHL level that it, it just changes the complexion of like where you are and like you're back into that, uh-oh, here we go kind of mode. And the interesting thing about the road trip is of the four games so far, the one playoff, the one team that's in the playoffs, they actually beat and, <laughs> you know, they've given up five goals in the other three games to teams that are currently outside of the playoff picture. So like you wouldn't have predicted that. Like you, you would have thought maybe Seattle was the toughest game, but you know, lo and behold, they've lost to Chicago, Van, and Calgary. Feel like on the power play that nobody really wants the puck right now. And I know guys are shooting, but isn't anybody like doing the old Beaver tail? Like, hey, give me the puck, man! I want to hammer this thing home. It's it's definitely forced. Um, you know, when this power play has really clicked this year, their their puck movement is so good. Their movement themselves off the puck is really good. So you've got two different factors that, you know, force the penalty-killing teams uh, into a little bit of stress, if you will. Like, it's it's tough when teams – if you're a penalty killer, you like it when the other team are – you know, they have, like, three or four guys on the perimeter and they're not moving the puck at a robust pace. Like, you like that because then it has – it allows you time. You're, you have inside body position, but you, it allows you time – to make the you know subtle adjustments, body position, getting in the shooting lane, taking passing lanes away with your stick and whatnot that need be, and finding where the other players on the power play are. We're also seeing the penalty killers make some adjustments. Um, they're a little more aggressive on on the Sens power play. So the Sens, I think, when when you have that type of uh, penalty kill where they're going to be aggressive, I think you have to like you can't just rely on your passing. You, the players away from the puck have to move a little bit quicker to create those open passing lanes. And then when they get the puck, maybe even move it, move it right away, or they have to move to help create the next passing lane, if you will. So just quicker execution. And I've always thought, you know, I was more of a penalty killer at the pro level, but I was a penalty killer all through college and in junior and stuff like that. 
uh, or power play guy, sorry. But when you go up against a power play and they're just pounding pucks away, you know, they, they get the puck. When there's an open shooting lane, they're taking their shot. Once there's a shot, everybody has to look towards the net. They're trying to find, is there a save made? If there's a rebound, where's the rebound? Then you're trying to, you know, get, you obviously get possession of the puck to try and clear it. So there's, it can create a little bit of chaos. So I think when you're struggling, simplify the power play, get more pucks to the net and get more bodies to the net. So the two guys on the flank, you know that whoever, like if it's Chikrin, if it's Shabbat up top, if he's got a shooting lane, he's going to take the shot get more bodies to that, try and get some ugly goals, and then work from there to try and get, you know, more of those tic-tac-toe one-timers that we've seen them do so well this season. Are we putting too much emphasis on, you know, because it's, it's been six games where the power play has gone scoreless, uh, and before that, I mean, for the most part, the power play has been dynamic all year. Are we putting way too much emphasis on this over the, you know, over the past six games when really there are a lot bigger issues at play with this team right now? Well, it's it's an issue because, like they were showing last night, you know, during the game on the broadcast, TV broadcast, like Sens lead the league in percentage of goals that are on the power play. So what happens when the power play dries up? It's going to affect your offense. And, you know, when they went on that nice five-game run, they were getting, you know, the power play wasn't necessarily on fire, but they were getting depth scoring. But depth scoring has been an issue throughout the course of the year. Adding Chikrin is helping, you know, I, you know, get a little bit more offense from the defense. But the defense, when you look at it categorically against other teams this year, they're not one of the higher, you know, offensive um, or point-getting defense course in the league. And then it's you're leaving it up to basically five-on-five five, the top two lines, and the majority of those in recent games, the last couple of game, last couple of weeks, has been the top line. So once you start to narrow it down, it's it's not that these issues haven't been there before, but the one area that was kind of, you know, the sunshine that was hiding hiding you know some of these errors, which is that's what that's what good teams do. Like you have some areas of your game you want to exploit it and take it to the forefront, and it, it masks some of the deficiencies because every team has a deficiency, or pretty much every team has a deficiency somewhere. Um, but now that the power plays, it, it's not that it's just dried up. It's also the the chances against. Like, they could have given up more shorthanded goals last night. So that's where I see a lack of confidence in this group is it's not just the lack of production offensively. It's the fact since the All-Star break, they've only scored seven goals. But the fact that they've given up seven shorthanded goals, like, if you hadn't given up those, it, it doesn't look as bad just statistically. But the fact that you're at a break-even mark since the All-Star break – you know, goals for goals against in the power play is, is not very impressive whatsoever. And it was going to affect the team's, um, the outcome of games at some point, And it has here on this road trip. Well, when things go wrong, Bakes, and again, professionally, you have to kind of find blame. And as I look at the bottom six of the forward group, I was kind of like, well, I don't think this is sustainable because the majority of them have no record of ever scoring. When you really hone in on this is what really let them down five on five, quite simply, has been the play of Debrinket and Batherson. Yeah, that second line, you know, hasn't contributed at the pace that you would think. And you're seeing, like, Batherson has struggled at times five-on-five five this year, and even Debrinket lately, you, to me, he's chasing the game. And I didn't watch him enough when he was in Chicago, but he allowed the game to come, with, come to him. Like, you know, especially when he was out there with Kane. Like, he is, 
his potency is his, his one-timer, his shot. He's got a great shot. So I, like, I was kind of paying attention to him last night. And even on the, you know, on that one goal, on the shorthanded goal, like, he's not a defenseman, but he was just caught reaching, you know. And I go back to the game in Chicago, Debrinkin. He just did a flyby in the defensive zone that ultimately led to a goal by Chicago. Like, he didn't stop. He didn't get underneath the guy's stick on the wall. Like, so he looks like a guy right now that's questioning his own game. Like, what do I need to do to create an impact? What do I need to do to create more offense? Last night, I forget what period it is. He had a good chance, and he shot it right into the glove. I think it was in the second period. And I thought, you know, I feel like in those 40-goal seasons, that one goes in the net. Because he had time. He had time to get the quick release. He could have gone you know, short, low glove, like right along the ice or over the glove, but he didn't, or right over the shoulder, you know, but he didn't. He kind of shot it right into the glove. And I'm like, that just exemplifies kind of the type of season that he has had. And then Batherson's been streaky. Um, you know, he's got a lot of point production on, on the power play this year, but even his reliability five on five, like he's working on being a better two-way player and I, I can guarantee you the coaches are on him about it, but it's something that just doesn't happen overnight and you got to change the details and habits of your game. And I think that, I think both those guys are working on that and they haven't found their game or their chemistry as a line enough to be a real potent offensive, uh, you know, contributing line on a consistent basis. With our Sens analyst, uh, Jamie Baker. So Jake Chikrin has now played, I believe it's five games with the Sens, maybe six. Um, and he was getting top four minutes and in fact, top two minutes the last few games, but you know, to, to start, he was kind of paired on the, on the so-called third pairing, but he was basically playing with everybody last night. They finally kind of moved him in with Sanderson, but just been, what's your overall thought on, uh, on Chikrin through the five or six games he's played? I mean, love the skating ability, love the subtle plays that he makes in the defensive zone. Um, he can be creative offensively. Like, like the way he reads the play, like he's got a good read. Like he's thinking, I want to contribute offensively. So he's got that mindset. Um, you know, I know he made that one bad pass last night on the power play. It was forced across the blue line that, you know, led to a scoring chance. He ended up blocking a shot down low. But um, I liked his game, and I just see so much upside to what he can bring here. Like he, when you have the skating ability that he has, it allows you to be – a little more aggressive in the offensive zone, knowing that you can get back. And he's got great mobility in the defensive zone. Like I said, there's just little subtle plays that he can make, bump passes or whatever, so he sees the ice pretty well. So all in all, I've liked his game so far. I mean, it's it's what's been systematic here in the last, you know, of the, on this road trip, I think, is also there's a touch of fatigue that's hit the team. And you can see it in their play. Like, they just don't sustain that forecheck as a team as, as much. Um, you're not seeing as much confidence. They're making more mistakes defensively. So when you throw a guy in like Chikrin, it also it's tough to totally analyze when the team in the last four games hasn't played as well as they had in the, like, the last three weeks or so. Those last four games, 19 goals against, uh, three yeah. for Sogard, you know, one game for Mandelisi. And i got to be honest with you, Bakes, I've been incredibly impressed with the composure, but how nervous is his hockey team going to be when you look at the eight ne- next eight opponents in comparison to what you, know, you played last week? Like you said, three of the four not playoff teams, good players, but you're giving up 19-4, and four, and you look at these next eight games and say, man, 
something better change here in a hurry, you're going to get, it's going to get ugly. You could kind of see it, um, especially at the end of the game last night, Brady Kachuk, he stayed out a little, like when they were all going off the ice, he stayed out there a little bit and the camera panned on him and it was like he was in deep thoughts, you know? And they're like, we need to figure this out. DJ Smith said after the game, like, I trust this leadership group. They're going to be able to figure this out. Well, they have to figure it out now because the next couple of weeks, the next two, three weeks are, there's a lot of hockey to be played against some really good teams. So like as to a man, they have to play better defensively. They know that you can't give up the, the amount of goals that they've been given up. You can't give up the amount of odd man rushes, quality grade A scoring chances. So first and foremost, they have to shore things up defensively. And that, that means the way you also play in the offensive zone. You know, if, if your D are going to be aggressive and they're pinching, you're high forward. You have to, you have to make sure that you're covering for that D. You can't cheat hoping that the D wins a 50-50 puck. It's the same thing on, you know, Pinto turned that puck over in the neutral zone. Yes, he did. Like, it was a bad turnover. But it's not like the D for Calgary was backing off. Like, there was a bit of a 50-50 chance there. Pinto should have done a soft chip, get it in the offensive zone. But you've got the two wingers and Shabbat are all assuming that he's going to win that 50-50 play. He doesn't, and it leads to a two-on-one going the other way. So somebody's got to cover. Like, you have to, you have to at some point say, as much as we want to focus on our offense, we have to say, oh, this is a situation that there could be a turnover. It's not, this isn't an 80% chance that he's going to be able to get it in the offensive zone. It's only a 50-50. Because of that, I'm going to stay back a little bit so we don't give an odd man opportunity up. So you got to start doing that on a, on a shift-by-shift basis something that they've kind of gotten away from here in the last four games. I've got uh, the Islanders, uh, Bakes, we'll let you go with this, uh, on pace for 92 points in eighth place right now. Sens okay. would have to go 11-5 and five in their last 16. You know uh, the essentials of what's left on the schedule. It's tough. I mean, is 11-5, and five in, in reality, is it doable? <sighs> Not really because of the, the strength of schedule, how tough it is. Um, I mean, does Jamie Baker want them to? Absolutely. It's a tough task for them to be able to do it. They got to get on another roll starting tomorrow night against Edmonton. Like they have to take care of business at home. And then you may need your goalie to, to steal a few games. The beauty of this team is they've been surprising us all year. So it's easy for us to say, yeah, this, I mean, it does look doubtful because of the schedule. Um, but it's still possible, and if they find ways to do it, it would be you know incredible. I still go back like they're paying for the month of November. If you go back to that four nine and one month, if you take two of those losses and turn them into wins, um, you know this is actually very very doable. So they're they're paying for that tough start in November. You're you're going to have an up and down swing throughout the year, but since December first, their game has been good. And you know, yes, this road trip hasn't been great, but. I didn't think that I didn't see them sustaining it as much as they were. However, could they get on a little bit of roll? I would love to see it. I just don't know. You know, they've got Boston, they've got Tampa, they've got they've got Carolina a couple times. So it would be an impressive feat if they can. But if I had to lay a bet, I would bet that they are probably just a few points on the outside looking at. If not eleven and five, would twelve and four be more realistic? 
<laughs> yeah. Exactly. Run the table. I was told there was no math. <laughs> All right, good stuff, Bakes, as always. Appreciate it, pal. Thanks. Yep, thanks, guys.